have you ever had a conversation where someone where you were doing um, a great job of listening and, and and enjoying the conversation, and then all of a sudden there was this resistance where that person wasn't on board and they viewed something very differently. And what happens is when people are adamant about something, they defend their own perspective and totally avoid yours, of course. I'm Becky Pike Bluth with the Bob Pike Group, and one of the big things we do is looking at consulting and how do I act as a consultant, even though my role might be a trainer, it may be a master trainer, uh, part of every job is consultative you know, training and just cons- consultation in general. So while people are listening to you, something to think about is just anticipating it. When they listen to you, they're cataloging everything that you hear, right? They're just thinking through it. They know what their perspective is and they're not really listening to yours in some cases. So I want to think through why and how they might resist and it's going to help you to manage conversations in every form, whether it's at home with your kids or your spouse or at work or working with a client. So there are a couple different types of resistance. The first is very logical. Uh, People are against your perspective. They have facts. They have articles and journal entries and data and statistics. And so this kind of reasoning means that you have to have research to back up everything you're talking about. They need to be confident that you're a reliable source. So come prepared, come with some journal articles, some statistics. I especially find this helpful when I'm working with PhDs, doctors, uh, nurses. I also find it helpful when I'm teaching teachers. They like to have a lot of just information that ensures what you're talking about is true. Now, there is a second type, and this one's much more difficult. It's the affective domain, the heart space. When somebody holds on to something so tightly because it's part of their inner being, their moral code, if you will, and it violates them in some way. Well, this is super hard to overcome because you're hitting on raw emotions, um, which is part of your prefrontal cortex, what's happening is the hippocampus isn't allowing your message to even go through to the prefrontal cortex so that you can even make sense and meaning of the message. And so when you find this kind of resistance, it's important that you tread very carefully. You need to make sure that you're taking it one step at a time and you're really listening and going slowly It may even require you to talk a little bit slower because there could, there's that fine line of them having a conversation with you and them shutting down when it is that heart space. And then the last type that I want to talk about is just some realistic reasoning and realistic uh, resistance that you might get. So for instance, if I'm training somebody overseas and the time change is different. Well, that's a geographic practical resistance. They're tired because they're up really early or they're up really late just because of the time zones. Um, It may be because uh, someone's physical ability isn't where it needs to be for what you're working on. Another example would be uh, working weekends and nights and now you're having to train 
for yourself over a different time frame than you're used to. So you might be tired or exhausted and not as energetic as you usually are. And that can create some, some real just everyday type of resistance. So one of the things that you can do is to just acknowledge and honor the people in the room saying, Hey, I know you're sacrificing. I know your, your day got done just like an hour ago. For example, I I just went through this with my daughter who's in high school. She had her conferences and guess what? Those teachers taught all day long and didn't even have a break. And then they start up. So just acknowledging the sacrifice that people are making and showing that you, you're carrying some of that burden as well. Like, oh gosh, I can I can feel your pain of being on all day long with a bunch of kids and now having to be on with parents and I hope you're doing okay. That can really help to ease a conversation and make it a lot simpler. So preparing for resistance is going to make you more confident and of course, more reliable. People will take you seriously. And again, we don't want mental roadblocks to occur. We don't want for people to start thinking of concerns, right? So we need to be confident. We need to overcome any skepticism and, and really make sure that you have this, the any stakeholder, uh, make sure that they are on board and they share with you the same perspective because if you have their vote of confidence, that can lend a lot to the different types of resistance you might find. Another word for resistance could be a difficult participant if you're training. And so there's a book called uh, that that's out from the Bob Pike group and it really just focuses in on difficult participant behaviors and how to overcome them. You'll see those in the show notes below if you'd like to take a look and get a copy of that book. I'm Becky Pike-Pluth with the Bob Pike Group, and this message is on helping you manage through and anticipate resistance.